What's up, y'all? Kevin Wagstaff here. Another episode of Spector Spotlight. Today, we have Jen Kessel-White from Columbus, Ohio, and Kim Purdy-Valdez out of Long Beach. And they're both top producing realtors, and they give you the lowdown on what to do, what not to do as a home inspector, how they view the market, how they view the whole home inspection process. It's just really insightful, and they're both so forthcoming and giving when it comes to talking about what home inspectors do well and don't do well and, and how they view things. So I think this is beneficial for everybody. This is the most uh, insight we've ever gotten from an agent um, because they're so candid. So I enjoyed this one a ton. I think everyone will learn something from it. Um, guys, if you like the podcast, again, keep sharing it with your home inspection groups. Um, this allows us to keep getting more guests. The more we spread, the more people talk about it, the more people think about um, letting me know about certain guests that they want to see on, and it just keeps getting better and better. So um, if you could do me one favor this time, it would be share this link, share the episode um, to a home inspection group and uh, let them know about it. All right, everybody. Thanks. All right, Jen and Kim, thank you for joining me. We have a special edition for those of you that don't listen all the time. We usually have home inspectors on Spectora Spotlight. We're lucky enough today to have two uh, realtors or agents. I always go back and forth. I'm never sure, never sure what to call um, you all. Oh. <laughs> Both. Yes, but um, welcome. I'd love for you all to just introduce yourself to the um, to the listeners here. Um, Jen, you can go first and uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from and um, you know how long you've been in the business, and, and we can go from there. Absolutely. Um, I am in Columbus, Ohio. My name's Jen Tessel White. I am the co-owner of the LKW Home Team here. And we have been in business for four years, my business partner and I. We have three agents on our team, a client care concierge that takes care of all of our clients, and a transaction coordinator that deals with the transaction process. We have, in the short four years we've been in business, are the top 1% of agents in Columbus, Ohio, and top 5% of the nation. Beautiful. Fun fact, I was born in Columbus, Ohio, so it holds a special place in my heart. Nice. Go Buckeyes. Yep. And... I'm gonna have to find out where you got that sign behind you because that's pretty badass. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, well, thank you. No, thanks for joining. Um, because yeah, I have a small tendency to curse. I, I won't make it too bad. <laughs> I don't know that, that's how you get to a home inspector's heart. I believe that's how what I've used over the years. Uh, but Kim. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. So my name's Kim Purdy Valdez, and I'm in the Long Beach, California area. Um, I've been uh, a realtor, as you'd call it, for the past three years. Um, I actually started my career in a property management firm and learned everything I could possibly learn about property management in a short period of time, and then took that into my own personal investments. And then from there, was able to help my clients that were investors. And, um, you know, I know we're going to dig a little deeper into the housing market and really give an update on what's happening from our perspective, but this past year was um, nothing like I was, I was anticipating in a good way. Um, I set my bar kind of, kind of low and then exceeded it within the first few months. So I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk about my experiences and, um, and maybe share a little bit of my own knowledge um, that I've learned over this past year and, and specifically for my own um, community as well. Absolutely. So let's, let's jump right in. Um, you know, each, I love the fact that you're both in different markets too. You know, sometimes I, Columbus isn't technically rural, right. But I think, um, everyone wants to hear perspectives a lot of times from different markets across the country since real estate is so, um, localized. Um, but in California in, in your market, yeah. Can you give us a sense for just how it feels out there right now in terms of, yeah, you know, I, I know home inspectors know this stuff, but it, it's a different perspective, I think, hearing it from what you all see. There is a lot of momentum in the market. I think that's a great word to use right now. Um, and it's been, you know, coming up, coming up, coming up ever since COVID hit. Gosh, we're coming on two years now. And I think Crazy. if we look back on, you know, March of uh, 2019, 2020, or 2020, excuse me. Um, we all thought as realtors, oh, we're in for it. And the exact opposite happened. Yeah. We thought we were in for it as far as our careers were concerned. But um, I think over the past you know, year and a half, two years, we have found such an importance in our home and what home means. And so whether a first time home buyer or whether there's somebody that's looking to um, you know, upgrade what they currently have and move into their next bigger, better place, 
because they need more space. Um, that's what we've been seeing a lot of. But going back to answer your question, it's the momentum. There's a ton of momentum and there's a strong, strong demand right now. And uh, what we're seeing is, is that strong demand with still the very low supply. Yeah. Are people still moving? People still moving to California, despite the headlines. It's uh, it's <laughs> they would have you think everyone's leaving, but I look at the numbers and it's just like, well, no, people still are moving everywhere. Well, and that's a, you know, pointing out or calling out the headlines. There's so much in the news that is noise, you know, and there's so much misinformation that's out there. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are moving out of California, but I think that's always been the case. And there's more, even more people moving into California or people that are living here that want to buy a second or a third or fourth property. And so, you know, there's that demand right there, especially with these low interest rates that are still, that we're still seeing. Yeah. I want to get into that too, by the way, um, interest rates, because obviously Fed announcements every time that comes up, I think a lot of people are pay attention to that. I'm still waiting for beach houses to drop by about a million dollars. So um, I could get one, but you're going to um, be waiting for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jen, I know Columbus is booming. What uh, it uh, came back as top five in the nation for cities that are just the, the housing market is crazy here. So we're very fortunate. We are considered Midwest, but Columbus is one of the top rising cities um, in the nation just because we have so many businesses coming out here. Amazon, you know, everything is building and people are flocking here, especially with the pandemic. I had so many clients this past year that moved here from out of state mm -hmm. to be number one, either closer to their family or just because they can have a house that is so much more than in other cities. I've had people from California, Dallas, Georgia, just there, they can get a lot of, a lot more house here for a lot less price and working from home. It's like, boom, easy. Yeah. So you have seen the demand for more square footage, more outdoor space. I think that's, that's the common, you know, theme, right. That we're seeing. Yeah. There's been a huge shift. You know, I think before COVID hit, I had posted something on my Instagram that said, would you rather a small home near the beach or a large home in the suburbs? And the majority of people said a small home near the beach. And now I think that's completely switched around where everybody wants more space. They're doing so much more at home. We were stuck in our homes. And so it's like, I want more land. I want more space. I want more square footage. I need that extra bedroom or I need an office and a pool. It used to be that a pool would only here in California, um, if you bought a home with a pool, it was maybe $10,000, $15,000 more than a home, the same exact home, same models, square footage, everything, than a home without a pool. Now, you're lucky if it's $50,000, $75,000, you know? So it's actually yeah. worth it to put a, a pool in your home if you have one in this current market. Sure, That's absolutely. So true. There is never demand in Columbus at all for pools because we have like three, maybe four great <laughs> months out of the year. Um, but now it's like, if you have a pool, I mean, the price is skyrocketed. What is this doing, Jen, for buyer psychology? Like, where's buyer psychology at right now coming in? And I want to I want to preface this by saying I was a realtor in Denver for five years, about 2012 to 2017. So, which was still a crazy time. Um, yeah. It was still, hey, strap in. We may look at 80 houses, and you know, as an agent, that was hard on on me. Um, but give me a sense for how they're thinking about it first timers and then also experienced buyers. Absolutely. So I would say that people that have homes to sell becoming an experienced buyer or already are, are a little less um, excited about moving right now. They don't <laughs> want to sell their home because they're like, I just don't want to get in that market. Right. And that's really where you have to kind of come up with the equity that they're going to see from their home sale can really get them to their dream home. And that's what I'm doing with first time buyers right now. We represent a lot of first time home buyers and it's really unique because what I'm saying to them is guys, get your home, get your starter home. Mm -hmm. Okay. It doesn't have to be your forever. Your I'm in love with your seven to 10 year home. Let's get you a three year home. If it's smaller, if it's a condo, that's fine because we're seeing equity. We're seeing the amount of money per year go up easy 20 to 30,000. I just reevaluated my home. We've lived here for one year exactly as of yesterday. And uh, it went up $50,000 in price. And you have to year. get in. Right. Get in. So I'm just like, you guys have to do this now. Even if it's just something you're going to stay in for a couple of years, then take that 50,000 or $60,000 and put that into your next baller home. 
no, great advice. And Kim, I met, is it similar for you being, uh, being coastal? Um, cause I know there's a lot of trading up and down in certain Absolutely. areas of the country. Than other. I mean, you know, cause we talk about sellers, we talk about buyers and for sellers, that's the big thing. I mean, Jen nailed it. It's equity. Right? So it's people we're looking for more inventory. So I'm always, you know, looking to help encourage people if, if they're in a position and they want to move up and buy something uh, maybe bigger or better, or maybe move out of state or sell and buy something new um, is, is how much equity they have in their home. And here in California, in this market on average, now obviously depends on where you're at. If you're coastal here in Long Beach, it's even higher than this amount, but in average um, or on average here in California, it was $120,000 of equity in the past year that homeowners have gained. Unreal. And that's on average. And that's all over. I mean, that's San Bernardino County, you know, where the prices aren't as high and they're still seeing just extreme amounts of equity growth. And then going back to your question about for buyers, um, you know, it, it really is that getting in the market like Jen said, it, it's like, just get in where you can, if you can, because that's the best way to build equity. And um, we are, you know, the California Association of Realtors, um, also National Association of Realtors, they're all projecting, even Fannie Freddie, they're projecting a continued increase. It's probably not going to be as large as it's been this past year. This year has been monumental, but we're going to continue to see an increase moving forward. Yeah, still, which still puts pressure on folks. How are you all guiding people in terms of down payments, structuring offers? And you can probably see where I'm going with this because then that leads into the home inspection. But I'm, yeah, I want to get a sense for folks maybe listening in either of your markets, even of how you tee that up for them and set expectations. So, one of the things that um, we're finding, I, I always ask the question now, which I really didn't as much before, is like, I hate to break it to you, but I need to know your cash situation. Right, right. Or I just left it with the lender and I was like, don't tell me anything, earmuffs. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but now on my buyer consultations, I always do them over Zoom now because yay, no more less driving for any kind of agent is better. But um, I just say like, hey, do you have a 401k, a Roth IRA that we can pull from? I love that idea because a lot of people don't understand that they can take that money. They're like, I don't have... 20% down. I'm like, no, no, no. Putting 20% down right now is like putting, if you had $50,000 in cash and you put it in your savings account at your bank, no offense banks, but what's that going to make you per year? Nothing. nothing. Negative. So I, I'm like, I'd rather see you take that money and put it in Bitcoin for all I care, but do something else with it. Don't yeah. put it into your lending situation, put 3.5 or 5% down. I want you to take that additional funds that you have set aside for your down payment. And I want you to use it towards an appraisal gap. And with that being said, going into the home inspection realm with that is we're seeing all those as is offers and that's gotta be hard for home inspectors. So a unique program that inspectors here are doing that we work with is the pre walkthrough. So if I have buyers that are highly concerned with, um, you know, some buyers are just like, yeah, we'll take it. We just want in, but others are like, is that mold? Is that, you know, et cetera. Uh, so we'll do a pre-inspection walkthrough with our inspectors. They'll come with us for the home showing. They'll spend about 30 to 30 minutes to an hour of additional time where they just say like, hey, we're going to walk through and not give you a full home inspection, but just tell you if there's anything you need to be really concerned about or if these are going to be some minor, minor objects. And then my buyers feel much more comfortable doing as is. So that's gone over well with the buyers and, they, and I'm guessing yeah. they pay uh, a fraction of maybe what they would pay for like a Absolutely. full home inspection. Okay. Yep. Yep. I've heard those are popular. Are you seeing those a lot, um, Kim, in your area? Yeah. As is, is all over the place. I mean, almost every listing I open right now is as is, as is, as is. And, and it's really smart. Um, Jen, you bring up a good point and I haven't thought to do that with my clients. So thank you for that is to do a pre-inspection. Um, you know, things are moving just so fast here that it's before you, you turn around to sneeze, you know, something is off the market. So um, but being able to take a home inspector in when you're actually going in to walk the property, you know, in the first day or two is really smart. And I know a lot of home inspectors out here that would, would do that, would jump on that opportunity, um, for a fraction of the cost to, to just, okay, I'll, I'll walk with you and kind of point out what could potentially come up on a full dialed in home inspection. And the scary part for the, for home inspectors in the industry, obviously I'm biased for, you know, the industry I, I live and work in is, 
doing that for a client when they may have gotten a full home inspection because they cared about, you know, all the, the nitty gritty details and they were going to do that. Now the home inspector just did something that's maybe a little worse for business when they made, when, a, when the home buyer would have said, oh, I can do half as much, you know, and it kind of goes against the, the industry mantra of like buyers need to know about their home and learn about everything. So how do you all, it's a dance that you all have to do, right? I think in terms yeah, of- Yeah, I would say it's in addition to, not in replace of. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And I think it would be really smart for listing agents when they list a home to get that pre-inspection done, have it out on the counter. And this way they're just paying $150 for a smaller pre-inspection. And then on top of that, the buyer feels a little bit more secure going in for an as-is offer. They're still going to get, all of my people still get a full home inspection. I would never tell any client, do not get it. I always say home inspections are your user guide for your car, that manual that you get that's like 800 pages. I'm like, listen, I've never seen a stove that doesn't, that has an anti-tip device. Every home is <laughs> in our in our market, at least, it's big red lines. Like this stove does not have an anti-tip device. It could kill small children. Right. Yes. Don't let them climb the stoves, everybody. Don't be scared of that. <laughs> Newsflash. Newsflash. Yeah. But you know, there's things where I'm always like, there's going to be stuff in there that is just kind of your like, Hey, I wonder where this outlet is or this switch is. Go to your home inspection report. You need that stuff. But yes. other than that, they're going to have both. Great. Love hearing that. And yeah, pre-listing inspections, it's like such a tough market for them because they're going to sell no matter what. The sellers, sellers are probably more complacent than ever, right? Because it's like, throw it out there, get 50 offers, it'll be fine. Um, let's get to some some of the juicier questions that I know home inspectors want to know. So like, I have my answers from years ago, but those are outdated. I want to know for each of you, what what's one or two things home inspectors do that, that frustrate you or, or dare I even say upset you or piss you off even? Um, not your current ones. We know your current ones are great. <laughs> Listening, you love them. Love them. Hypothetically, a, a bad home inspector would do what? Oh, please. <laughs> um, there's what I have, we know as like the kill the deal home inspectors out there. There are certain companies that if I either represent the listing or we have a buyer that doesn't use, we always say like, here's our two preferred home inspectors. Please look at their reviews online talk to them both, see who you have a better fit with and pick one of them. But if they go their own way and they go rogue on us to one of those other home inspection companies and there you get that text message, there's a home inspection per performed by XYZ. And I'm like, no, <laughs> anyone but them. There's a few in particular. And I could just, uh, even the listing agent, if I represent the buyer, I'll say like, man, it was this inspection company. And I tried to like veer them, but and they're just, they kill the deal. They scare the shit out of buyers. And I don't know why. Maybe they- Can, you, can you elaborate on that a little bit as to like uh, what that looks like? Because we coach on this a lot when we when I teach new home inspectors about how to market and communicate. So what does that, what does that mean? Or what does that look like in practice? Almost every, almost every single buyer I have goes to their home inspections. I do not. I stop that. Um, I went in the beginning when I was first licensed just to learn more mm -hmm. so I can look through the house and be like, hey, this, that, watch out for these things. Mm -hmm. um, but on top of that, there's what, what they do is they'll point out items that are easily repaired. They're even like weekend do-it-yourself things. And it's, it's just so simple for me to go, to the, go through the report with them and say like, hey, this is a Home Depot Saturday project. And this is something we can be concerned about. And here are things that, that aren't that big of a deal, but they have to say them legally. And I think that what I'm seeing that the deal killers, what they're really doing is they're writing down every detail of the worst case scenario. So when those reports come back and they have those videos and they're like, I had a perfect example of like a sewer scope one. And it's like, well, this could be $20,000. And I'm like, no, 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 because I just spoke to the listing agent and they had it repaired and I have the paperwork two years ago. It needs to be flushed out for about 300 bucks tops or you can do it yourself. You wow. know, like, okay. here's the answers. And we went out of contract on that home for something that was like 20,000. We can't afford that. That's the worst case scenario. Right, because we could play that game with every single element in the home, right? Absolutely. And totally freak someone out. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Kim, from, from your yeah. perspective? Well, you know, I think in any business, whether it's, you know, you're a realtor, you're a home inspector, whatever you are in the real estate business, or you work at Starbucks or you work at, you know, at Costco, it's all about relationships. And I've, a lot of the home inspectors that I've never used again, <laughs> moving forward are because of that, you know, one, they've either scared off the client and told them, you know, information that's very daunting. First time home buyers, they really do. They're a little um, on edge about any little detail. And if it's not, if it said, okay, this door lock doesn't work, but if you go to Home Depot, you can change this door lock for 20 or 30 bucks, you know, and just say it as casual as that, um, it can really throw them down a, a rabbit hole that's pretty dark, pretty fast. So that that is it. But um, I'll even speak to my own experience. When I purchased my home about eight years ago, I had a home inspector. My brother's a general contractor. He came along and the home inspector, my brother was like kind of following him around and asking questions. And he just did not have any um, <laughs> common sense when it came to communicating. Right. And so he said, please do not point these things out to your sister because this could kill the deal for the agent. And so it's like, at the same time, it's like, you want your clients to feel like they're getting all the information about the home that they possibly can, but at the same time that they're not being frightened, right? So um, I felt one, integrity is huge, but two, communication and being able to, and that's where Eric from Crosswinds um, Home Inspection, that's who I use often out here in, in Long Beach, California. And he's, um, he's very honest with what needs to be done and he gives solutions on how to do it without putting a price tag on anything, you know, and it's amazing. He's just one of the top notch communicators that I know. I was just about to say amazing communicator. I know him well and context is everything, you know, my own house five years ago, the inspector was maddening because everything I asked him, he literally gave me the canned robotic statement. I recommend you contact a qualified plumber for more information. And I was like, are you even mock? You're like mocking me at this point. Like you're not even re- responding as a human. Pissed me off. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's communication, you know? Yeah. Context and communication. And verbiage. Like the words that someone uses can really make or break how a sentence is formed. You know, like you can say like, well, this could have this repair or this might need to be done or we should take a look at this a little bit further and be like yeah i don't know about this one looks like it could be really scary but maybe it's not okay you know so just how, right. how do you use that those words so other home inspectors you know to the to the ones that own companies i think it's all about training your staff members to say hey like make sure when you're talking with these buyers you really understand that this is the biggest purchase of someone's life the biggest thing they're ever going to buy until they buy their next biggest thing, which is again, going to be a house, no matter what. So you really have to be careful with the words you use. I mean, it's just, yeah. And there's no training in our industry for that. And so I love that you're, you're giving examples here because for, for every home inspector listening, you almost have to rehearse these things. You almost have to pre-plan how you talk about uh, a hairline crack on a foundation. You know, it's like, they're not the buyer doesn't know. And if you say nothing, what are buyers going to assume? Yeah. The worst, right? <laughs> um, okay. So along those lines, what, Jen, I'll start with you on this one. What are some of the best and worst ways a home inspector could get your attention or get on your radar? Because a big thing in our industry is meeting successful agents like the both of you. And it's really hard. It's really hard because it's relationship driven. So what are some tips or some advice you would give for like a new home inspector that, you know, someday would want to meet someone like one of each of you? I think it's, it's very relationship driven, of course. And it has to do with, I mean, we are two home inspectors. We text with them. They know about our family. We've gone to their children's birthday parties. Um, I have a garage chock full of Nerf guns from my home inspector whose child has grown out of them and he donated <laughs> them over to us. And believe me, I, it's a love hate relationship with him on that because there's <laughs> everywhere. But this is just easy. Like it, it's just a connection. And I want you, you naturally as a human are triggered to want to help people that help you. Any kind of value, a, a, any kind of value a home inspector can give to an agent 
whether it's just as simple as saying happy birthday or dropping off like a dozen cookies at the house, or if you know they know you're sick or something, because everyone has social media and you can see what's going on and you're like, oh, I heard you're not feeling good. I just had like hot tea from Starbucks delivered, whatever, it cost you $5. And that's something where you're like, you were thinking about me. Every, the most valuable thing everyone has is time. And so if someone took time out of their day to think about me or take an extra step to make some sort of small effort, even just a text or a message, that means to me like, wow, you took part of your very important day and thought about myself. And I'm going to give back to you because now I want you to be successful because I know you care about me. Love that. Very genuine. And it's not scalable, but that's why it matters. Things that are not scalable tend to matter, right? Yeah. Kim, what about you? Yeah. We all wear many hats. As realtors, we wear a ton of hats. You know, we brought up social media, um, and marketing and, um, and then relationships and communication. And I think just even what Jen said, you know, the way you want to be treated, you know, what you give out is what you get back. And so just having that come forward in all that you do. And as a home inspector, I see, and that's why I gravitated so much towards Eric is, um, he actually found me on social media and that's how we built the relationship before I even met him. But then once I did meet him, he was on time. In fact, he was early, right? He was there waiting before I even got there to the first home inspection I worked with him on. Um, he was knowledgeable. So it's like all of these things come into play. Yes, the relationship has to be there and they have to, you know, go a little bit further. Um, I, I think in, in developing a relationship, not only with you, but your clients, but then it's like, do they know their shit? Yeah. <laughs> do they, can they explain it? And like you said earlier, Jen, like words matter. Um, and so creating an energy and a vibe around the entire experience is important and then follow through. Are they punctual? Not only with showing up on time for the inspection, but when is that report going to come in? Is it going to be, I've worked with home inspectors that take an entire week. Oh, that's unheard of nowadays. Inspection. Yeah. No chance. No chance nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it goes to speak to the quality of your, your software and your reports and everything, because it's fast. You know, we get it usually the same day, a few hours later, if not at least by the next morning. Um, and that's like worst case scenario, but photos are there. It's thoroughly explained. There's, you know, tutorials that you can take a little bit further. And then for Eric, we go on his page and we see that he's got a bunch of his own tutorials that he's done when he's gone into, um, inspections himself. And mm -hmm. he's like, look at this furnace, da, 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 da. you know, super knowledgeable. How did he get your attention on social media? What does that look like? Because I get questions all the time from inspectors of like, Hey, this is a scary world for me. And I'm trying to get them in the mindset of being a certain way on social media. So like, what was that? So like? he started commenting, he followed me and I was like, Oh, who's this guy? And I was like, Oh, it's another home inspector. Right. Cause I get home right. inspectors yeah. that me. All, yeah. They all follow. That's the easy. <laughs> yeah. Following is the easy part. Um, and I'm sure he found me by like hashtag long beach real estate or long beach mm -hmm. realtor, you know, yeah, and that's it. yeah. Um, so one, he followed me Two, He started commenting and a lot of his comments were on my family posts on my personal stuff. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? But then I went onto his page. It gave me curiosity. And on his page, he has those informational videos. And I was like, this guy's really knowledgeable. So it was the videos that attracted me. And then when I was looking for, um, a home inspector, I was like, I'll just take a look at his website, clicked on his website, saw his pricing, saw how in depth, I mean, it's, it, you've probably seen his website, you know, it's like, it, it's very clear and concise, but it also has a ton of information that's useful for a buyer. Um, so that's gold right there. So I think that's like what we, we preach as the playbook and, and Jen, I want your opinion on this too, because it's easy to follow. It's easy to tap the heart you know, button on every post that does nothing. I think it's, it's gotta be genuine posts from what I'm hearing, um, that add some kind of value or are funny or entertaining. And then you saw hit the rest of his body of work. So great, great. Social stuff. media is really big for our team. Um, we were the top in Columbus for 2019, 20 and 21, um, for top agents on social media. And honestly, what it is, is it's more than just the heart. Like you said, comment. It's so easy, but I want to mention the two um, home inspectors we use is Todd Kirk with TKO Home Inspections. 
and Jessica and Hyde Anderson with um, Capital City Home Inspections and Cap City Home Inspections. And they're- No, Hyde well. No, Hyde very yeah. well. Hyde's amazing. Great guy. Um, Todd, you are too. But so we, what I love about them is one of like the most recent social posts from Cap City was, hey, December isn't our super busy time of year. So we have a bunch of guys with a bunch of ladders. Nominate one of your buyers to get their Christmas lights hung by us. And we'll go out and we'll put up their Christmas lights for them instead of them doing it. So I was like, that's gave me goosebumps. Same you know, thing. I'm like, that is a good idea. It's a slower time. You have time available. Help. Let's help each other out. Um, so that's value. It's value that comes back. And that's something for our buyers where it's not necessarily, um, you know, money off. I don't think that home inspections, you should really cut the pricing because being cheap when a home inspection is not really being good, okay? It's like, what do you get when you have a 1% agent versus an agent that's getting their full commission? Not great. So I say the same for home inspections. Like I want you to keep your prices, what's fair and what you need to do to make a great, comfortable, safe and secure home inspection. But providing that value like that where the inspectors can take two hours out of their day and three guys can go up and make, do you know how great that would be for a buyer to be like, oh, I don't have to put the lights up. Wow. It's phenomenal. So those, those small ideas and our other home inspector always takes pictures of himself in the mirror at every home he inspects at any kind of weird mirrors. And he's got some weird things. So his um, Instagram is hysterical because it's just like him taking pictures of all himself throughout some weird mirrors. So I'll be at an open house and there'll be like mirrors. And I'm like, take a picture of myself and I'll send it over to him, you know, like, <laughs> but it's just now it's a relationship. So Find a niche, find something that you're like, hey, I'm quirky about this, or I give value in this way and do that. It could like, it could be as silly as taking pictures in front of each mirror where it's just like, it gives me a kick. And I'm like, he's ridiculous. I love him. Um, and then it could be as good as providing that feedback of, or I'm sorry, providing that value of saying, I'm going to come and do something for your clients. A lot of our inspectors too, they always help us out with like charity drives or if we ever have an event where we're just like, hey, we're collecting coats for kids or anything like that. We did yoga mats for the homeless last year, oh, which is wow. really big because um, it, heat or cold, sleeping on the floor like that, sleeping bags and yoga mats help out a lot with the concrete. Mm -hmm. So that was something that we were able to do. And our home inspectors donated a bunch of them just to be like, hey, we're going to help you. And so we want to give back to the community and they're helping us. So value, value. Oh, great examples. Amazing examples. Are you all, you all are not going into an office, correct? Is that safe to assume? Um, is that the sense you get from the majority of agents that like, it, let me just ask how often are agents stopping into a home base or an office? For, for us out here, I mean, the majority of agents are remote um, and mm -hmm. I'm actually seeing that more and more. So I was seeing it even before COVID, right? I was working from home myself. Right. And then since COVID, it's just really become that way. I, out of this past year and the sales that I've done, I've gone into my brokerage office twice in an entire year. Wow. And I'm guessing there was a ton of mail for you. What, like was there <laughs> flyers and brochures or like, like, cause I'm asking this from the context of inspectors used to rely on office visits. Um, you know, a day when everyone would go in for a sales meeting, inspector would do a lunch and learn or presentation. Is it safe to say this model's dead? I don't agree with that. Um, we, during COVID, so we're typical people of COVID that we live downtown Columbus in the heart of the city and planning on buying a condo as our next move. But instead I was like, nope, change of plans. I can't do it anymore. So we moved 30 minutes away from the city into a suburb with a really big house and right next to the water. Cause I was like, I need to change my views. I need to have a positive outlook. So we did like the typical COVID move. I canceled my office at the brokerage, closed it down, but, um, and, and put an office in the house. And then I noticed our team was kind of not present with each other, you know, like we were just texting, we weren't around each other. There wasn't that empowerment of like, hey, what are you doing? How'd you get that listing? Where's your new buyers from? How did you pick them up? Uh, so we lost a lot of that like connection. 
Uh, so we got the office back, started paying again, and we go there regularly. And every time I go there, one of our team members are in there working. And it's, I think people need that connection again. So office meetings have started to gear back up and everyone's really wanting to be around each other because I don't know about every office, but the best part of ours is that we all work off of each other's like energy and vibe of sharing like hey, I have, a, I have an off-market listing coming soon. It's an office exclusive. I have this for you. Or do you have, hey, do you have any buyers in this neighborhood? I have a list. All that is so important. And like, it just gives you energy to work harder and be like, hey, I have a team of people. I'm not by myself out here. So um, office is going big and strong for us again. And you I'm can't really, you can't replace um, the, the connection that you get with somebody in person, you know, and I think if anything from COVID making a shift for a lot of people, it's for opportunities like this, you know, that have been really great where we can hop on Zoom and we're all comfortable with it. I mean, two years ago, I would have been like, Zoom is what? Sorry. <laughs> you know, like, right before COVID. to wear leggings too on the bottom. <laughs> But I've, uh, you know, the the real estate agent that I've been out here um, thus far in my career has always been remote. I've never really gone into an office and that's, I have young kids. And so that was like, my goal was to find a place where I didn't have to go in, but I can see the value of going in and being part of a team environment as well. I think it speaks to inspectors knowing your market and the culture around your market. Cause there's certain metros where yeah, very heavy office culture and you should be dropping by and shaking hands and maybe offering up value. And then there's certain areas where it is a more remote. Cause I was in a, a part of a remote brokerage and that was the culture of the brokerage. Whereas if I would have went to maybe a Keller or a Remax, it would have been office based. And so I think, I think we're settling into this hybrid world. Um, you know, at Spectora, we're definitely in a hybrid now where it's part home, part office. Um, What's something inspectors should not do if they're trying to get your attention? What's the worst thing they could do? I think that maybe as an inspector, you should know your people. I've had like an inspection company that we just don't jive together. Uh, his personality and my personality, it's like, comes around and I'm like, oh, cringy, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Um, and, and they don't stop like, Hey, when do you want to get that lunch? When do you want to, you know, work together? Let's do so. And I'm like, and the emails and the te random text or phone calls. And I'm like, Oh man, you got to stop. Like, got to know when, the when stop, because I, it's just like, it's a connection with, with individuals and personalities. You're not, not everyone's going to love everyone and that's okay. But I realized that like, Hey, your vibe is not what my clients would like. So right. I need you not to surround your, don't put your energy into me, yeah. you know, go to, go to someone else that would fit that. So I think that's really important just to know like, Hey, these are my people on social media. Whenever I post, I post not for myself. I post to my avatar. That's my person that I want to create. That's going to be my ideal client. So everything I do goes to my ideal client. If I don't think they'd hit like on my post, I'm not posting it because it's not about me. So it's, I have this vision in mind of who we want to work with and that's who I want. That's who we, who we advertise and post to. So just know, know, know your people. Good advice. And that means staying organized. I think inspectors out there, if you have a CRM, like track opens, track clicks, know when you're not getting engagement and then space them out and then eventually try a different tactic or try something else or just move on. Um, Great stuff. I haven't really, I haven't been hounded much by inspectors um, where I felt, you know, that, okay, lay off, you know, you're being pushy or anything like that. But if I, to answer your question about what not to do, there's one inspector that I had, I only worked with him once and there was a lot of empty promises. He was saying to the buyer, oh, well, you know, this needs to be fixed. This is a 110 year old home. And I'd be happy to come back and help you out with this. I'd be happy. And he kept saying that over and over again as a home inspector. Um, and he owned his own business and it wasn't through, you know, he didn't use your software or anything, but um, he, he did kept, keep saying to them, you know, here's my cell phone number. Just give me a call. And it'd just be like a day where we could go up on the house and paint, the, the window seals and, you know, whoa. and I'm like, okay, is this guy really going to do it? And at one point I asked my clients after they had closed on the home, did you ever call him? They're like, yeah, he never returned my phone calls. So it's like, 
you know, don't say something as an empty promise just to say it to make somebody feel more secure about buying a home. Like, oh, this guy's going to actually help me out. Like, why? I think that's ethically a challenge too. And on the opposite side of that, when we have had clients before that have been nervous about their inspection reports, the best thing an inspector can do is just pick up the phone and have a conversation with me. I'm like, hey, I need to call you. Uh, my clients are freaking out. Can you just go over this with me? Because I really want to, when I explain to them, tell them if it's as scary or not as scary. And we walk through it together, agent to inspector. And it's just like, okay, I understand it a little bit more because I always walking through a home. I am not a home inspector. I am not a lender. I am a realtor. That is my job. I, I don't want to be a home inspector. I think they're great. It's just not me. So I need a home inspector that's going to communicate with me and tell me, hey, this is kind of not great, or this is a hundred year old home. And these are the things that happen with hundred year old homes. So that's going to be expected, but it's not the end of the world. So a conversation just over the phone too, after an inspection, I do that often. I'm like, I hate to take up your time, but help me take them off the ledge here. Yeah, it's needed. I'm a big fan of driveway, um, you know, tee ups and summaries at the end of the inspection, the driveway speech. Um, I'm a big fan of inspectors. Some of them record videos and give the breakdown and summary um, to help ease that, but communication in some form. I think it's, it's clear that's the winner. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit of each of your mentality, like the mentality you have going into the home inspection, because I think it's something inspectors can't hear enough of like your perspective and what you're thinking through and how you're consulting your buyers and sellers because then that helps home inspectors speak to your goals and kind of what you want to accomplish. So, um, you know, at the risk of being redundant, if each of you could just maybe speak to ways home inspectors can aid you in guiding the, these buyers through this journey at this time. I always find it's really nice and I'll go back to, to <laughs> giving Eric a little more praise because he's, he deserves it. Um, you know, when, when the inspection first begins giving a little overview, uh, and that's what I like to do for my clients is give an overview and then he'll do it as well. Or sometimes he's there first and he'll do it before I do of, you know, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to go through, you know, each part of the house. I'm going to start on the exterior and go to the interior and tell them what they're going to expect. Uh, and then at the end of the inspection, I'll sit down with you and we'll go through the entire report and you'll get this entire report. You don't have to take notes on it. You're welcome to, but during this inspection, while I'm, while I'm doing my inspection, if you have any questions whatsoever about anything, just let me know. So he makes himself available. He tells them what to expect. And then he says, they're going to get a summary. So I think that's really great. And then for me as an agent, I tell my clients almost every single home inspection, look, you're going to feel like you're in the weeds. Like this is a time where you're going to hear every single little thing that is wrong with this home. And some of it's going to be major and the inspector is going to be able to give you that information. And some of it's going to be minor and, you know, it might be color coded in, cert in a certain way where it's, you know, and understanding how to read the report so that it's going to be really clear to you to understand what we're dealing with. But You'll have a bird's eye view a day or two from now when we go through this report together. But for now, just know it's completely normal to feel like you're in the weeds. Great advice. That's, that sounds like a great tee up process from, from the both of you. Yeah, I think that for, for buyers, it's really important for, I always tell my clients, please don't go right at the time the inspector gets there. So they're gonna be there for about three-ish hours and I need them to go through on their own. We can't have you, your mom, and your aunt that thinks she knows everything <laughs> over at the house all together right there at one o'clock on Friday when they arrive. What I really need is I want you guys to come at the last hour. And while they're wrapping everything up, the home inspector can sit down, he or she can sit down with you and kind of go over everything. But you do not need to be all up in their shit while they're trying <laughs> to get in the crawl space. And, and do an asking questions and what do you think this is? Because I think that is probably if, from a home inspector point of view, probably really frustrating. I couldn't imagine having the buyers that are super concerned and the parents or whoever else is joining because they think that they have the right to like look under the whatever. And no, just leave them alone, let them do their job. They need to, 
if they want to do it right, they can't have you asking them questions throughout. Go there at the end and they'll give you a summary. And that's what it should be. I love that. I bet guarantee your inspectors love you for that because I think it gives them that focus, time, and ability because, boy, it is not an easy job going through the software, taking pictures, thinking in your head, recalling about, you know, years of furnaces or AC units. Um, Not an easy thing to do. One of you mentioned the home, or uh, Kim, you mentioned the home inspector wanting to come back and do work. What's your perspectives on basically helping a homeowner with contractors or recommendations after they move in, because let me, I'll tell you a quick little story. My brother and I both have bought, bought a home or two and in new neighborhoods, sometimes we'd ask the realtor or as a realtor, I had a, you know, a couple, like a handyman, a plumber, an electrician that I knew and liked. I was happy to give that recommendation to the buyer, but say, Hey, do your own research too. But these are just some people I've had a good experience with. What are your takes on home inspectors having those companies that they know, like, and trust to fill in the gaps for you? Do you think it's all the agent responsibility, inspector responsibility? Just curious of your outlook on that. Cause I, I, this could be where the future is kind of like heading towards. I typically encourage my buyers and I, I give it from my own personal experience of owning a home is, you know, do your own research too, kind of like Jen said, when she, she'll she say, these are the two inspectors I encourage you to use, but you're welcome to look at the reviews or other people. Most buyers are going to want to go with the, with the ones that you recommend. Same thing with recommending a plumber or an electrician. They're going to want to go with whoever you say is already good, but it can also bite you in the butt if that person ends up not being as good as you had promised them to be. Um, so not, you know, uh, encouraging them to do their own research and due diligence, look at reviews, call them up, see what they have a good vibe with or who they have a good vibe with. with. Um, but in my own personal experience, you know, get two to three quotes and you're going to know within that time period what it, you know, what really resonates with you. But I know that there's a liability like this, this, um, this inspector that I mentioned had empty promises. Like there's that liability there too. Like I think as a home inspector, you're not supposed to, even if you know how to you know, fix the electrical issue. Like, should you really be doing that as a home inspector? You know, pretty big conflict. Yeah. It'd be a conflict. So, but I I do see that, that, that is where the future is going is having this referral base as well. Yeah. And so you don't mind that if it's quality and it's disclaimed and and everything's in line because it's giving the homeowner options at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's giving them options and resources, and they're so busy with just trying to get themselves into a new home that if you can make their job easier, and I have people I refer to my to my buyers all the time, and I'll ask home inspectors, do you have anybody that you could refer? And typically they do. Awesome. awesome. Jen, what do you think? I would love, I would love, love nothing more than to have referrals come over from a home inspector. That's a great idea. Um, I haven't had that done before, or if it has been done, at least I, my buyers didn't tell me that, right. but that would be amazing because every time our buyers go into contract, we send them over their transaction timeline, but we also send them over a preferred vendor list mm-hmm. and that electricians, plumbers, painters that all of our clients have either utilized or worked with before. And once we find someone good, just jump on our preferred vendor list, we add them to it and we just say like, here's the list. Once you get this, keep it handy because I don't want those text messages. They come through all the time. Hey, do you know a painter? Hey, do you know a plumber? Hey, do you know a... And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. But when they're bad or if someone else took over the company or if there's a new person that goes in there, oh man, they blame you. I had a thing where I I referred a contractor to tile um, a bathroom floor and he did a horrible job. Guess what? The seller paid for it. And guess who paid for the new tiling? I did. Because I'm the one who referred it. So I hate that extra added responsibility. If home inspectors were able to build relationships, that would be phenomenal to me. Yeah. Um, I would love that. And another thing I wanted to add to Kevin, you didn't ask this, but kind of just popped in my mind while you were talking is for home inspectors to find new agents, get a list of the newly licensed agents, look in the MLS or, and, and find those new agents and invite them to a home inspection with you. Because- mm. 
how great would it be? Do you, in the beginning, they're like, what is the age of this furnace? And I'm like, shit, I don't know how to find it. <laughs> you know? And, or like the AC, I'm like, looks pretty old. I don't know, really. Yeah, I don't so, know. Yeah, exactly. I think that that would be a great way to get trust with realtors and provide them so much value is to say like, hey, new agents, I got a great idea here. Why don't you follow me through a home inspection? And I'll kind of go over the general things we look for and give you some advice. So when you're showing, you know where the water heater age of the water heater is, how to check, you know, if the crawl space is insulated per- correctly, et cetera. Wonderful idea. Yeah. Wonderful idea. And then they can kind of come up and grow their businesses together. I think new inspectors yeah. need to probably start with new agents, not one of you two, you know, cause that's going to be a tough challenge to yeah, outdo out the guys you work with. That would be great. Yeah. Um, so what, what are you seeing for this next year? Cause I, you know, I just, before we got on, saw the announcement of interest rates, you know, a couple hikes next year. Do you, I think you mentioned this earlier that you feel will will continue to roll along, but it's going to be like cautiously optimistic future. Do you, do you see much changing in the way, um, you know, in terms of like transaction volume, the way buyers are approaching, or is there going to be even more FOMO because interest rates start going up and everyone's like, I just got to get it. Just got to get it. Yeah. I mean, it, it all, as we know, it's all about supply and demand and demand has been extremely high for this past, you know, year and a half, two years. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. We are all hoping and crossing our fingers. It seems like there's going to be more potential sellers, some more listings on the market. Um, that would help out tremendously. Um, but I, I do think that, and this goes back to the media, the media has said, oh, you know, with forbearance ending and, you know, the government bailouts and this and that, that there's going to be foreclosures. But the fact of the matter is there's so many people that have so much equity in their homes that they don't have to go into foreclosure. They can just sell their home, you know, and my heart goes out to those people that are really, truly affected um, by that. But uh, I think for buyers hoping those buyers that are kind of sitting on the sidelines saying, well, when the market shifts, then I'll buy. I think they're going to look back in their rearview mirror and be like, damn it, I missed that. And I missed it when interest rates were low. Um, there's been talks of interest rates going up, uh, you know, especially for 2022. Um, the connections that I have with mortgage brokers and mortgage lenders out here is, is it going to be a drastic shift? I think you know, it depends on, on how far or how long you've been tracking them. So if you were thinking, I missed that opportunity of getting in, I, I refinanced my house for 2.25, you know? So like, are we going to see that? No, I don't think so. Like I, I'm not going to ever be able to refinance my house again. Um, but, you know, historically speaking, three and a quarter, three and a half, even if we hit the four, I, I do feel like buyers, there's still, there's still a demand out there. However, and I will say with um, really what's brought, uh, you know, much growth in our economy, it's been the housing market. And so do I see a huge hike from what I've been researching? No, I don't think it's going to be drastic. I think this housing market's going to stay strong for quite some time moving forward. I tend to agree. I think buyers, and you, you two can correct me if I'm wrong, tend to over-index or have too much PTSD from 2009, 2010, in thinking that there's always going to be a next crash. I mean, we've heard that for what, 10 years now? Like, oh, I'm just going to wait until there's like a crash. It's like, well, there's no guarantee. You have to define, I mean, the real estate market, you know, but it, if you define what a housing crash is, there's only been a few. Like, if I look at California, especially, it's like we could go back to 2008, you know, when the housing market crashed. We can go back to, the great depression, like before that, but are you really going to want to wait all those years, 60, 70 years for a huge crash? Like I don't. Yeah. It's like trying to time the market. Never a good idea. Never a good idea in general. I think it's generational too. Honestly, it depends on your age and how you're looking at the market. If you've been there, done that, been a part of it, you know, all the stories of when I was your age, <laughs> I had to walk through the snow to go to school and do all the things. And I remember the housing crash of XYZ. So for me, it's more of, I'm looking at younger buyers, just like, let's go, let's do it. And even if it's a half a percent up, it's still actually really good because back then there was 11%, you know, of the interest rate. 
So we're still at a great point. And if it skips up a little bit, it's really phenomenal. But for the older generation, I think that when they think of a rate increase, they're like, what if it's at 9%? It's not going to jump like that. Right. So right. let's, let's all cool down and, and <laughs> put your snowsuit on for that long walk to school. Yep. I, I yep. heard it say earlier, earlier today, I was listening to a podcast and uh, one of the agents said that, um, you know, the biggest interest rate we have is for renters. Renters pay 100% interest. And I'm like, mm. oh, that's right. mm. that Wisdom. Yeah. Rates take the stairs up and the elevator down, you know, so they, they're going to inch up slowly um, because they don't want to kill the economy. You know, we, we can't do that. Um, do you all feel there's still a shortage of home inspectors? Um, you know, one of you mentioned you get, you know, approached all the time. Home inspectors are typically booked out sometimes weeks in advance. I'm always fascinated and wondering, does it feel like there's enough home inspectors to satisfy demand? Or do you have any read on that? It might be a weird question for you. I don't know. Out here, I think we're fine with home inspectors. We need more appraisers. They're uh, dying uh, off like crazy. But um, we're in very shortage of appraisers. But home inspectors are, are, at least there's a lot of really great ones here. Are appraisal prices still ridiculous because of that shortage? Uh, I think that it's more of a timeline. Hmm. You know, we're waiting a solid seven days and that's an extension on multiple times. The extension on closing is because the appraisal took so long to come back or I'm going to fight the appraisal. So there's that too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. Appraisal, appraisers, we, we definitely need more of those out here as well. We're in the same boat. Um, I, I feel like there's a shortage of good home inspectors. Mm -hmm. Fair. Fair point. They do all the things that we've talked about in the last hour, basically. Yeah. I could find Joe Schmo and I could find an, a, a home inspector to come out, you know, tomorrow or the next day, but are they good? Not necessarily. I compare everybody to Eric. Yeah. I really do. The bar, the bar is said hi. Mm -hmm. um, anything we didn't talk about? I know I want to be respectful of your time here. We got a couple minutes left, but anything, um, you know, it's top of mind or that, that comes to mind when you think of home inspectors that I didn't bring up. I, I don't think so, but honestly, Kevin, I think one of the biggest things is when we personally recommend home inspectors as an agent, I know some agents that tell me straight up, they're like, I tell my clients to pick because I don't want to be responsible if they mess up. And I'm like, yeah, but whatever. I want, I want my clients to pick the ones that I trust. Um, however, just making sure that you're going to do the best you can for as a home inspector for like doing a really good, great home inspection, because we don't want these clients to come back. If something goes wrong, guess who they're blaming? There's no buyer and no seller that doesn't blame if we pick the wrong contractor, the wrong home inspector, the wrong lender, someone they don't get along with. Guess whose fault it is? Ours. <laughs> no matter what, 100% of the time. And that's a call that I hate to have come to me is that like, hey, we thought they were really sucky or they missed this. Um, but the best thing I've learned is our inspectors, if there was something that was missed or an issue that wasn't um, addressed, they are quick to take the responsibility and make that phone call and go right back and say, we're gonna right any wrong that may have happened. So just putting that into perspective of like, this is all on our shoulders when we recommend you and then taking over the, cause I, these, I don't want the call of like, well, they said the crawl space or they said this was fine and the roof, whatever. I don't know anything about roofs. I can't even, I'm five, five. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, so when it comes back and they, if something did go wrong for them to take the responsibility and be like, I got your client. Don't you worry about it. I'm taking care of everything. I'm sorry. You had to take that phone call. I got you. And I'm like, whew, huh. let me go back to my glass of wine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's adding value though, or subtracting pain, reducing pain right. and adding value, you know, totally. one of the others. Oh. Um, very nice. And Kim, any, any, any final words or last words, if, uh, you know, some other inspectors are watching this saying, man, you know, I want to work with agents like Kim and Jen. Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel when I was a, when I was a brand new agent, I didn't really know too much about, um, what an inspection really was, a you know, what it entailed. Um, I was that type of person that said, I'd just rather my clients pick, but the more knowledge I gain, the more I realize the importance of having 
good inspectors, you know, plural, because they're not always available. Eric's not always available. So how do you use other people? Because he's busy, because he's good. Um, so I, I think, you know, just one reiterating for inspectors that are out there, the value of building good relationships with agents goes really far. Um, and just being a good person, you know, and then taking that extra step because we will refer you to our clients and we need, I, I do feel out here in California in my specific market in Long Beach, if you're listening, anyone out there, you want to build a relationship, let's do it because we need more Eric's in this world. Beautiful. And TKOs and Cap City. <laughs> yes. We're going to shout everyone out. I'll put it in the description, but if either of you want to shout out your Instagrams, um, you know, if you should, and if you end up sharing this in your local market, um, you know, FaceTime never hurts and people need to follow good Instagram accounts. So, uh, if either of you want to, to plug those, feel free. Oh, thank you. Thank you for, for putting it out there. I'm uh, Purdy real estate or Purdy is my last name P U R D Y. Um, so if you look at Purdy real estate, uh, you'll find me on Instagram and I'll, I'll send you over the link as well for my Instagram. Beautiful. Thank you. And I am welcome home 614. And that's on Instagram and lkwhometeam.com is our website. And you'll notice it doesn't look like any other real estate website because I told my developer I would fire her if she made it look like someone else's. <laughs> um, our goal is to F up the system in the housing market a little bit and trying to really change mundane real estate into something fun again. So I uh, would love follows on Instagram at welcome home 614. Love it. I followed both of your accounts from Spectora as I'll be keeping tabs. And uh, I just love the flair and, and the personality you all put into it. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun to see. And it, like you said, it makes it fun. If we're going to be doing this and working. Let's make it fun. Totally. Thank all you, right. Kevin. I really appreciate this opportunity. Ladies, Thank great you, conversation. Sarah. So much value in here and uh, appreciate it. We'll be keeping tabs. Bye. Thank you. Bye.